Hello and welcome to the Thriving Aboard Together podcast series and episode 12. I'm Louise Wiles, your host for these conversations, an expat coach and consultant and author of Thriving Abroad, the definitive guide to professional and personal relocation success. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you're staying safe and healthy in these extraordinary times. Now, over the past four weeks, I've been recording and publishing the Thriving Abroad Together series. And in this series, I'm speaking to a range of amazing professionals who have perspectives, insights and advice to share that I hope will support you and your loved ones through this challenging time. You can go and take a look at the past 12 interviews on the Thriving Abroad website. That's thrivingabroad.com. Click on the tab Thriving Abroad Together series, and that will take you to the summary page for this series. Now, for each episode, there are show notes, and you can go and download those from the blog post that is associated with each episode. Or, and this might be a simpler way, you can sign up to receive the regular newsletter, and I'll send you a link to download a document containing all the show notes so far. Now, I've created these show notes to help you to get more from each episode, providing a list of the key takeaways from each conversation, links to resources discussed, and questions to help you apply the content discussed to your personal and professional situation. If you're listening to this on the Thriving Abroad website, remember that you can subscribe to this podcast series on any of the major podcasting hosts, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Play. And if you subscribe to those, then they will automatically be available to download onto your device. That may make it a little easier to listen to the episodes more regularly. So on to today's podcast episode. I'm speaking today with Vivian Shiona from Expat Nest. We're talking about keeping your emotions in motion and other great strategies to support you through lockdown. And we talk about coping with uncertainty and adjusting to the insecurity of the current situation. Vivian shares many strategies and ideas that can easily be implemented into your day-to-day life. So get a pen and paper ready Go and download the show notes if you'd like and enjoy the episode. So hello, Vivian. It's lovely to have you joining the conversation today. Hi, Louise. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's really nice that you're here today um, to join us in this Thriving Abroad Together podcast series, a special series that we've put together um, to discuss the COVID-19 situation and the experience that expats and internationals all over the world will be having um, in various scenarios um, depending on, on where the disease is at in mm-hmm. their locations. So I just, just as a first question, you know, how, how are you experiencing it at the moment personally? I think as all of us, because it's a shared anxiety, I also have gone through the phases like, okay, what's going on right now? When this is going to end? Uh, do I have the coronavirus or not with every minor symptom? I mean, I think these are all normal and I'm experiencing it in the same way. And, you know, I was in the UK some weeks ago and then Holland and Greece. I travel a lot lately and then I, I will start worrying, oh, my traveling perhaps is not helping me with everything. I need to be stable in one location right now. I had to change my lifestyle as an expert um, in order, you know, to adapt to the circumstances. 
it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult situation to be in, but it's so far I'm coping well. And to be honest, I work a lot. So uh, I pretty much work all day. So I don't have much time to reflect on a personal level what's going on right now. I think I have put my role as a counselor as a priority. But so far, so good. I'm healthy and that's what matters to me. And I take it day by day. Brilliant. Well, thanks for sharing that. And, and just out of interest, your counselling, is that generally online? Yes, I work exclusively online. I'm the founder of Expat Nest, which is an exclusively online counselling service for internationals. And we offer services in English, Spanish, Italian, Greek, Chinese and Arabic. And we do that since 2013. So in a way, we, as a company, we we're already well positioned. And now with that wave, with the corona crisis, uh, it's, it's quite busy. Because yeah, people seek for online counselling. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, now I can imagine. Um, so businesses that have already been established online <laughs> are, yes. are benefiting from the, yes, from the yes. experience, obviously, and yeah. also able to provide the support needed, which is fantastic. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Although some, for some others, it can be a challenge because they don't have privacy right now to have mm -hmm. online counselling. So that's the downside of this. For some people, yes. it's not that easy as it used to be. Uh, but yes, overall, there is a need and we try to respond uh, you know, we do all we can to best respond to the needs right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I can, I can imagine that. Um, I know from find, trying to find corners of my house in which to record conversations like this. <laughs> that can be a challenge and we have to negotiate space. So I totally understand that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, you know, so the current crisis is obviously health related. And you just talked a little bit about how, um, you know, you've been experiencing it. Um, yeah, I guess we're all experiencing fears that relate to our own health, to those of our, our loved ones, our friends, and our susceptibility to the disease or not, um, and that does seem to be variable. Now, what does health psychology tell us about this kind of fear and, and mm -hmm. how, we can best manage, how we can best manage it? Right, okay. I, I will reply... Um in two aspects of this. First of all, about what is health psychology, in case some people mm -hmm. don't know exactly, because health psychologists are especially trained to help people deal with the psychological and emotional aspects of health and illness, as well as supporting people who are chronically ill and their families. So a health psychologist works you know, in promoting healthier lifestyles. And at the same time, when there's a health issue, we make an intervention. I'll give you some examples. A health psychologist can help if someone wants to drink in moderation or if they want to lose weight and they have emotional eating, when they want to quit smoking, when they want to exercise more uh, in terms of promoting a healthy lifestyle. And then when there is a health issue, for example, cancer patients, um, heart, uh, heart patients with heart issues, right now with the health anxiety of the coronavirus crisis. So we can cover all of that, whatever has to do with what, whatever is related to health and lack of health, then a health psychologist is the best to, to help. And I say this also about the promotion of a, of a healthy lifestyle, but also the lack of health, the ill health can be part of our work because right now it's important to dissociate the facts from the emotions. Let's say if you have some minor symptoms and you think you have a cor like coronavirus, then it's important to dissociate the facts from the emotions because you may as well have health anxiety. 
And some people also right now suffer from psychosomatic symptoms and it's very difficult to distinct what is what. Um, so in order to answer your question, yes, there is a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety, health anxiety right now, which is to some extent very normal. However, if there was already a condition before, now there, this is magnified. Or even mm -hmm. if you didn't have anything before, it's very normal to have questions, you know, more existential questions or fear about you or about the people you love or if you have the virus or not. These are all very normal. Or if you have feelings of anger, of anxiety or sadness at, at times. Everything right now is normal because we're experiencing like a shock phase. If someone was telling us five months ago that our lives would be like this, you know, with children doing online schooling, most people doing teleworking, the whole world like uh, facing a pandemic, we would think it's, you know, a science fiction scenario, but it's not, and that's our, our lives. So we need a mental adjustment to what is mm -hmm. happening. So all these fears are normal to this extent. Of course, if someone is suffering from panic attacks or that they cannot manage their fears uh, or if they feel that it disrupts their routine um, and it becomes dysfunctional for them, of course, it's important to seek further help. Fantastic. Right. And I think everyone who's listening probably can relate to elements of that. I certainly can. Um, and so, you know, what, what are you saying to people who are coming to you and, and, and feeling that they are, are struggling in terms of coping mm -hmm. with their sense of anxiety? Um, let's, let's talk with that, about that broadly, you know, so yeah. the sort of general mm -hmm. anxiety, which I think I'm seeing across the feast with, with many people. It seems to ebb and flow, um, some mm -hmm. people less than others. But mm -hmm. how, how, would you, how, how do you suggest that people they deal with that themselves? Yes. Okay, because I think these days all of us we have been bombarded by long text on tips about managing coronavirus crises and how to respond to this and that. And at the end of the day, then we don't know what exactly what to do about it. I will try okay. to keep it simple. And I mean, as a health psychologist, I can talk for hours, but I will really keep it simple because uh, the overall stress management, 50% is our lifestyle. 24% is our bond, like how we set boundaries, and another 25% is how we respond to what is happening to us. So I'll give you some further information on that. 50% is our lifestyle, which means mm. how, like how, much, how many hours do we sleep, how well we eat, if we drink enough water, if we drink less caffeine or alcohol, if we get enough rest, if we are connected with friends, like, and if we have social support. Um, this lifestyle now has to be adapted to the circumstances. So, for example, it's very important to find structure in, in our days and to have a different structure for the weekdays and a different structure for the weekends. Um, for example, on the, week, on the, week, the weekdays, if you work online, it's important, for example, to wake up in the morning, not to be in your pajamas the whole day, then to have specific hours that you eat your lunch and your dinner, when you go to bed, then at weekends to do something different. So you feel that, yes, it's a normal quote unquote week. And I have something different to do in the weekend. For example, last Friday, I was invited to a virtual dinner, which I loved it. And all of us had our drinks and food and we talked. 
And it gave me a sense of, I had something to, to look forward to, you know, for the weekend. And it gives a different perception of time. Otherwise, it feels that every day is exactly the same if we don't do something different and we don't have a different structure. And this is about the 50%, especially of the lifestyle, and also to include physical activity if possible. Because if you're in a country that has lockdown right now, most likely your physical activity has decreased. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can find something like an alternative, for example, dance at home for 20 minutes or do online gym or yoga or whatever you enjoy, but do something. So to keep also your emotions in motion, as I call it, because if, you're, if our body is not active, then we cannot keep our emotions in motion as well. So it's, it's, that's huge. And going back to what I said, about 50% is the lifestyle. 25% is our boundaries. So it's important to put boundaries on ourselves. Let's say what time we go to bed. I see my clients, for example, lately, they report that they go back, they go to bed lately, uh, late, and they have uh, disrupted routine. So we have to put the boundaries on ourselves. And then if you have kids or a partner, you know, to have some clear rules if possible uh, or like boundaries of how the quarantine, quarantine will pass, like what exactly you will do, who is going to work in which room of the house. You know, all these things now are, are new to us. And remember, all the family dynamics, if they were tense before, most likely they will be magnified now. So having boundaries will help. And... Uh, finishing this question about the last 25% of the overall stress management, which is how we, set, like how we respond to events, as I said before, it's important to dissociate the facts from the emotions. Like, if you wake up in the morning and you feel well, okay, this is your fact, but if you have health anxiety, this is your emotion, it's important to distinct them and to dissociate them right now. Um, and also I can give some extra tips, which is to get information about the health, health, healthcare system, where you are right now, because that can be a challenge for an expat. They don't know uh, sometimes how to navigate the system, the health system where they are. So it's very important to get all the information now before you need access to the healthcare system. And also perhaps to read the news less, uh, if possible, maximum three times a day, because experts, um, they not only read the news in their host, host country, most likely they read it in their home country as well, or the countries they have lived before. And this means accumulated yes. anxiety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think actually in the news generally anyway at the moment, isn't it? It's a bombardment from different places around countries around the world. So it's difficult to avoid that sort of international perspective. Um, mm -hmm. totally get, yeah, yeah. No, those, yeah. those are really, really helpful tips, and you've given me a few pointers there for myself in terms of boundaries, <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> and yes. I find myself creep going to bed later and later, which is crazy. I'm, I'm much more uh -huh. of a night owl than a morning person, but it doesn't yes. work that well. Because and house, can, can I please add two or three more? Because I think they're also yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. For mm -hmm. example, to put the phones away for set periods of time because we have now the tendency to spend more time online and our brains cannot get enough rest. And also to ask yourself, like, what's the one thing I can do today to bring a little bit more love and joy into my life? Uh, and 
to focus on what you can control because this is a situation that we cannot control to many extent, like to a large extent, but there are still things we can control. And if you, whatever you focus on expands and this gives you also a sense of freedom because you choose something that you can control and you can feel a little bit free in a situation that we're all limited. And to remember that this will pass, you know, we don't know exactly when, but it will pass a day at a time and a week at a time. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think that uncertainty with no dead, no, no end, end, definitive end line or time is, is a challenge. I can definitely relate to that. Um, and that's really helpful. I think focusing on things that give you joy. I'll give you an example to people listening. My, my daughter's, my, my youngest daughter loves Monopoly. I don't love Monopoly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, every night she wants to play a game. We have played quite a lot of games. And last night we all played Monopoly. And, and yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really interesting, actually. It was a lesson to me because mm-hmm. my initial reaction was, no, no, I want to do something else. But mm-hmm. actually thinking to myself, no, this is important for her and for us as a family. And we sat down and we played for almost two hours and I really <laughs> did enjoy it. So, yeah, yes. to anyone out there who, you know, who's thinking it's challenging to get involved, um, yeah, pick a night and, and truly get involved and you'll find you enjoy it probably. <laughs> right. And that's a wonderful example. And I'm very happy for you and your family because that's a, a, an amazing opportunity, you know, for family bonding and also for reframing, you know, what is happening and try to see the bright side of this and enjoy the togetherness with your kids, the people you love. Yeah, well done. And also, I mean, also for us as expats, I think what is happening right now with the coronavirus, in a way, I call it like the great equalizer, because the whole world now communicates with the people they love the the same way we did all these years online. (laughs) We're like so close, but yet so far away at the same time. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, so we're all learning to do that, and um, yeah, and we had a head start there <laughs> because we presumably will be doing it to a certain extent anyway. I guess one of the mm-hmm. challenges I found, and because I'm using Zoom a lot, I mean your point about um, putting your phones away, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of extend that to putting your tech away at some point. So that was probably what was so nice about Monopoly yesterday, um, mm-hmm. because I wasn't looking at the screen, and none of us had our phones. So for two hours, not one person looked at their phone. Oh, except to check the rules. That's a bit of a lie, but only for the rules. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so I, I can totally relate to that sense of overload from just being bombarded by information and and communicating all the time through technology. It's, it's quite mentally exhausting. Is that, mm-hmm. is that something that you, you see and, and hear from people? Yes, I hear it a lot. And I also experienced myself some, at some point. And as I said before, I'm a bit sick and tired of reading all these long texts about what to do with the coronavirus. And then you, you end up reading that and then wondering what to do exactly with so much information. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. it's important to keep it simple right now, to simplify. The whole situation is so complex that whatever we mm. can do to simplify mm. it, that will help. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's gauging what, because from some extent, some perspectives I'm really interested for example in the medical and epidemiology perspective of it all so I can I find I can engage in that and kind Mm -hmm. of distance myself at the same time it's quite interesting but that's just because that's me and I I find it quite fascinating whereas other people I guess would be um disturbed and perhaps worried by that so I guess it's judging 
how you're processing the information and what you're using the information for. Um, and if it's to soak your fears, then turn away from it. But if it's something that you're engaging in and enjoying, then perhaps exactly. not. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, because everyone is the expert when it comes to themselves. And of course, we need to read the news and we need to have information and some articles are valuable and extremely helpful. But if you feel that this is becoming overwhelming for you, then it's, it's a question of, okay, how much access to information do I need? And how many hours do I need to read the news or the social media? Because then we have also the social media, how it's in one country, how things are different in another one. As I said before, experts tend to read the news also for different countries and then they may end up feeling overwhelmed because they create a reality which, in, which is actually accumulating all the news from their friends in different countries. And it can be very stressful. Because yeah, it's also yeah. an unknown, like for, for all of us, this is an unknown territory. And mm. we don't know when mm -hmm. this is going to end. So actually, the number one skill to practice and, and actually to learn and practice, even we do that in counseling with our clients, is how to cope with insecurity. And it's a skill right. to learn. Yes. Now, that's a really interesting point. So let's, let's move on to that perhaps in, in a in a sense, by extending, expanding the conversation. So we, we've been talking about this COVID-19 situation in relation to, to expat. But let's talk mm -hmm. a bit more about expat life generally, because we will get back to normality at some point. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and living away from family, extensive travel, you know, for, for many expats, um, and the challenge of change and transition as we move and relocate to new environments. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what are the challenges that you see people facing generally um, with the, the expat life? And mm -hmm. how, how do you support them? Yes. Um, what we see as like the three main reasons for referrals for counseling are three stress, mm -hmm. uh, relationships, either single experts or those who are in relationships and they have problems with that. Um, and also, as I said before, because I'm a, I'm a health psychologist. We talk. Also, we work a lot also about sex issues, as well. So this can be part of it. But of course, now I'm only like I talk about only my specialization in expert nest. We're a network of psychologists, and we can work with a variety of of, mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. challenges that experts face. So number one is stress. Second is the relationships, and the third one is parenting abroad and how to raise a global family, and especially because we work uh, with teens. We have a service for teenagers, for TCKs. Uh, there are many questions around that. And also, especially mm -hmm. right now with the coronavirus, there are even specific literature about the quarantineagers and how to help them because, you know, teenagers may have the tendency, you know, to break the rules and now they have to conform with some rules in order <laughs> to be mm -hmm. safe enough. So there are many questions raised right now about it, but in general as well. I mean, not a lot of research has been done into the kind of, the level of um, mental health challenges faced by expats. I know there's been a few studies, haven't there? But there hasn't been the kind of work that's been done in nationally um, into the mental health of, of communities in particular countries um, in the same way to expats. So when you say that you um, come across quite a lot with stress-related issues, and you mentioned insecurity before in relation to COVID-19 and how it's making us feel insecure. But I wonder how those two things tie in together in general expat life. Because, um, 
you know, you relocate abroad for a few years, it's not, you often don't have absolute certainty about what comes next. So how do you see that um, sense of uncertainty playing out and feeding into the stress of, of expats? Mm -hmm. I think, uh, in a way, one of the skills that expats learn early in the process is to cope with in this insecurity because pretty much our lives has a lot of uncertainty. Um, mm. in, like many people are like in work assignments for specific, like for a period of uh, three years, let's say, and then they move to another country. They don't know for how long they're going to be in a specific country. Or sometimes is there uncertainty of having your parents uh, back home and caring from a distance. There, like, there is a variety of reasons that we can have uncertainty as experts in our lives. So in a way, I would say that somehow we're more prepared for what is happening right now. However, mm -hmm. the current mm -hmm. situation brings additional challenges for us as experts, meaning that many people now cannot travel back home, let's say, even if they wanted to because of the lockdown, or they don't know for how long uh, this situation will be. There's a lot of insecurity also about work assignments and will they have a job after some time, how this will affect it because many people unfortunately are already affected by the uh, crisis in our economy. So these are some additional challenges that they have also psychological consequences. So in one way we were, let's say, more prepared because as experts, one of our skills uh, hopefully when we cope well, we have adaptability and we can tr mm -hmm. cope with this insecurity, but we're all faced now with some challenges we have never thought before. So the fact that we've all experienced change and transition is, is a plus, um, but then often, often we're experiencing some new challenges that we haven't really considered before. And I suppose a lifestyle that's completely based on travel and, and being able to um, move around the globe <laughs> is, is obviously yes. in challenge, being challenged at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you see mm -hmm. that playing. Play, so, so people feel stressed about that situation and about how their longer term um, future. It's, yes. And how how is that playing out? Then, do you think for mm -hmm. because they can't can't answer that question, I guess, at the moment. Yes, right. Because actually, no, in reality, nobody knows. So we cannot predict the future. And the thing is that for those, let's say, who have more anxiety or some depressive thoughts, or they're struggling right now, most likely what is happening is that they project negatively into the future. So mm. this actually adds more anxiety and makes the whole situation overwhelming. Because when you're already like this, most likely you're not thinking of a bright future that everything will go well but you're afraid that you're going to lose everything you have. So sometimes it helps, you know, to think what actually can be the worst scenario that can happen to you. You know, sometimes answering this question can alleviate many of your fears because you'll think, okay, actually, if this was happening, I would be able to manage it. And then you can ask yourself, what's the best scenario that can happen? And then to ask, okay, what's the realistic scenario? And try to make an action plan for this one. I think that could be a coping strategy, which is a little, which is practical. And because I like to give also practical tips, sometimes we need also an action plan because this will also give us a sense of control that we said before. It's so important, especially right now that many things are beyond our control. 
Yes, yes, no, really important. So an action plan around um, well, what you can do to influence, um, and yeah, the rest you let go, I guess. Yes, That's yes, and, yeah. yes, and also to talk to the people that you trust and love. Uh, by the way, I would encourage people also not to talk only about the coronavirus with their loved ones, because life has also other areas, and it's important to have different perspective as well. So, mm. however, however, it's still important to talk about our worries and our fears to the people we trust, because you know, and since we talk about sin psychology earlier in our discussion, whatever is not exp- what whatever is not expressed with through words, our body will find a way to express it through psychosomatic symptoms but it will definitely find a way to manifest it. So the more we suppress yeah. our emotions, mm-hmm. the, actually the more, the more damage we do by, by causing our body to find a way to respond. And this can be, you know, more headaches, stomachache, like feeling exhausted all the time, not sleeping well, irritability and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I guess, a lot of people are saying they're feeling quite exhausted at the moment. And I've, I've noticed I'm sleeping quite well, which has surprised me at times, but I don't feel particularly refreshed, you know, in the morning necessarily. Yeah. So I think that's a fair, and that's from what I'm hearing and reading, is that's a fairly common reaction to the current yeah. situation. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes yeah. because there's a constant anxiety. Mm, mm. Uh, that's why it's so important to remember that, you know, when you close the door of your home, there you are safe. Okay, the whole world may not be a safe place right now with what is happening with the pandemic. But when you close the door of your home, you are. And there you have a chance, you know, and a choice what to do. And to do perhaps things that you enjoy or to do things that you wanted to do but you didn't have the time to do in the past, etc. Um, and I yeah. want to highlight that, that there you're home. Like that when you're home, you're safe. Yeah, I think that, that's lovely. Yes, hopefully. I suppose actually that brings me on to the next question I was going to ask you because you said you know, the three main areas you work in, what the second one's relationships. So, mm-hmm. um, so in this current situation, but I think also for it perhaps generally as well, you know, you, you can be so vested in the relationships that you move abroad with if you're you know, in a partnership. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that can put quite a bit of pressure on the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess then that's increased in this current situation where perhaps mm-hmm. you're relying on one partner's work and employment and income as well. Um, and if that's looking a bit insecure, then that's challenging too. Um, so do you have any tips for people who are feeling a bit insecure in that sense in, in terms of their relationship? And yes, this depends so, on the on how the situation was before because if we're talking about a relationship with a good foundation that just right now has a little bit more tension because of what is happening and you know it's only you and your partner and your kids and this brings extra tension i would say you know it's it's fine and it's understandable uh, sometimes you need to release your attention to the like where you are and whoever is around you has you know to listen to what's going on however mm-hmm. if there was anyway a pre-existing issue um then i would say that anyway it was something to work on because it was already there but now you see it more clearly because of the context that you're in and also this situation Mm -hmm. that we are all in brings uh in the surface you know also past traumas also you know uh, past problems that we had but they're all again magnified so what i would say is that you know if 
if already there was an issue, maybe it's time to reflect on what's going on and maybe when this crisis ends to ask for help or even now, like for professional help. Mm. If not, and it's just, you know, two, three weeks that it's like that, most likely it's, you know, within the normal range of some tension. As I said before, we experience a shock phase. Usually a shock, a shock phase lasts about four to five weeks. The same happens with grief. For example, when we lose someone we love, the first four or five weeks we may feel like completely in a shock phase and we haven't made the mental adjustment. Of mm-hmm. course, with grief it can last much longer. But what I'm trying to say is that this time, block of time of about four to five weeks is a good indicator to see how we feel after that because most likely after that, our healthy coping strategies will be activated. So I would say, you know, be patient and a week at a time until this time frame of the four or five weeks pass. And then you can see it clearly. Okay. Is it really about the situation or is, was it a pre-existing issue? Yeah. And that's really good advice. I think also because people react differently and I, you know, so whilst one of you may struggling a bit, another might be feeling quite positive one day and then that can flip the next. So it can be quite difficult times because moods are quite dynamic at the moment. Emotions are quite dynamic. So mm-hmm. to be in sync as a partnership can at times be a bit challenging, I imagine. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Of course, I wouldn't like to go into, uh, for the purpose of our discussion, I wouldn't like to go to extreme scenarios because unfortunately I read also some news lately that there is an increase in domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. a whole different discussion, uh, but I'm talking about uh, problems that anyway, they were not going to this kind of direction. No, no. Because obviously guess, the example I gave needs a very different intervention. Yes, yes, absolutely. So if anyone's listening and they are in that situation, then yeah, seek help immediately. Yeah. Right, with the specific helplines that are there and in a safe way. Yeah, 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 great. Um, okay, so then moving on to the third area, which was parenting. And I'm just really interested, there's something you said around that in relation to teens, where they... Um, perhaps are rebelling rather than <laughs> complying with the requirements or, or parents are worried that they will and they're not understanding mm-hmm. quite the implications of you know, the stay home rules or the, non, you know, the social distancing. So mm-hmm. can you offer some suggestions to any parents with teens who's listening and thinking I'm not quite sure where my teen is right now and what can I do about it? Yes, um, I think first of all uh, with teenagers right now because it's also hard for them all of a sudden, you know, maybe they have energy to do things and now they have to be in lockdown. And as I said, depends on the family dynamics that existed before. If there was already tension, most likely it will be even more right now. So I think the parents is important to be a little bit more patient right now, but also to make clear what are the new rules. I mean, perhaps rule is not the right word there, but let's say the guidelines on how all in the family would would navigate the situation. And also Mm. teenagers sometimes can be very angry because they think that they are the only ones suffering and that their parents are fine. I think it's Mm. important also for their parents to share how they feel and their Mm. vulnerability as well, that of course they're there to support their children and they're strong for their children, but it's also a difficult situation for them. And maybe they would like also to go out for a walk, but they cannot because they have to stay home in order to be safe, like all together as a family. Mm -hmm. And also, if in your family things are quite tense right now, I would give the following advice. 
sometimes, you know, more loving, less talking can be the best approach. Like do the things that connect you as a family, as in the wonderful example you gave before with the monopoly, like to do things that <laughs> give more fam family bonding. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. less, less talking, more loving helps as a bridge, you know, and a foundation for whatever other difficult discussion you want to have. But again, also for the parents, I would say, you know, give this block of time, like the time frame of four to five weeks. Mm -hmm. And then we take, it, we take it from there if they need further help. And also, last one is that sometimes um, teenagers, above all, they don't need necessarily therapy or counseling they need also a safe place. Sometimes, especially right now in the crisis uh, period that we go through, we see many teenagers that above all, they want a safe place to talk mm -hmm. about what's mm -hmm. happening because they don't know. And they need also to understand what is happening. And their parents can help them, you know, explain in, in simple words what is happening right now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very important advice. I think also perhaps sometimes it's difficult for teens to talk to parents. So perhaps finding, mm -hmm. you know, a neutral I know, friend or, or, or somebody professionally who can just listen to them. Um, I think it's quite difficult for teens to talk to parents when they're worried perhaps about parents as well. For example, yes. from a health perspective, that could be part of the issue. And they don't want to say that to parents. So, True. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. so just think about it. If, you're, if your teen is not communicating with you, then perhaps just providing them with a third party person. Yes to talk to might actually help um yeah yes yeah, I know mm -hmm. but i want to say i have a deep respect and really my thoughts are also like i i really really like admire the expat parents right now because it's not easy at all to be mm. abroad to be in quarantine and also you know all of us like all of a sudden to be in a completely different uh lifestyle that what was before like a month ago so it's not mm. easy at all there are all these additional challenges or the insecurities that they have as human beings but then they have to be there and to be strong for their kids and especially mm. in that context so deep respect really yeah no absolutely and um and i think that probably, I'm just thinking about expat communities as well. So, yeah, draw on your friendships in that community and, and share. Really important at the moment, I think. Well, I think that brings us to the end of um, this conversation here, Vivian. That has been so, so insightful. A lot of very practical insights there, which I think people will appreciate. Um, so just to remind everyone... Um, you obviously listen to the podcast, but there are also show notes available at thrivingabroad.com. If you look for this interview with Vivian Fiona, you'll see the, the um, show notes there, which you can download. And I will also put in those and on the blog post associated with this, a link to, to Vivian and, and ExpatNest. Um, thank you so much, Louise. And I just wanted to say, you know, thank you so much for having me. I wish to all of you to stay healthy, stay safe. This will pass. And then I hope this was really of value to all of you. And if anyone needs some further tips, any, anything, you can always contact me. Brilliant. That's lovely. Thank you very much, Vivian. Bye-bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please review and rate the show. This will help to get the podcast listed more prominently and so help to get the information out to more people who will benefit from it. 
I'll be back soon with the next instalment. But if I can be of any support to you through your expat journey, then do get in touch using the contact form on the Thriving Abroad website. Wherever this podcast finds you in the world, please stay safe and well. Bye-bye for now.